The Daily 202 is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post Brand Studio. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, January 31st. In today's news, Howard Schultz stumbles. A big economic development deal in Wisconsin fizzles and a jury gives Rand Paul more than half a million bucks. But first, the big idea. The era of accommodation on Capitol Hill is over as President Trump faces an increasingly adversarial Congress in both parties. Democratic committee chairs are threatening a round of subpoenas for top administration officials. Several cabinet secretaries have refused to voluntarily testify before committees on contentious topics like the impact of the shutdown and Trump's policy of separating migrant families. House Homeland Security Committee Chairman Benny Thompson, a Democrat from Mississippi, sent a blistering letter yesterday to Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen for not appearing to answer questions about border security before his group of members. He says she'll get a subpoena soon. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin and Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar have also declined invitations to appear before a co-equal branch of government. In private, Trump has told aides he wants to take as aggressive a posture as possible toward oversight, including fighting any effort by Congress to obtain his tax returns all the way to the Supreme Court. Meanwhile, Senate Republicans have asserted their independence from Trump on key fronts this week. Some Republican senators are urging the president publicly to keep his distance from a committee tasked with coming up with a deal to avert another shutdown. Republicans on the bipartisan committee were slated to go to the White House later this week for discussions, but that meeting has been called off because they don't want Trump involved. As Mike Rounds, a Republican of South Dakota, put it yesterday, let us do our work, Mr. President. Several senior Republicans have also gone on the record warning Trump against declaring a national emergency to build his wall. And yesterday, some Senate GOP leaders forcefully rebutted Trump's latest criticisms of his own intelligence officials, which the president issued in a tweet after they disagreed with his assessments on Russia, North Korea, ISIS, Iran, and the security threat at the southern border. And this one's significant too. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, who has carried as much water for Trump as anyone else on the Hill, has introduced an amendment to Middle East policy legislation formally rebuking Trump's decision to pull back troops from Syria and Afghanistan. The amendment will come up on the Senate floor for a vote today. If it passes, and we expect it will, this would be the first clear repudiation of Trump's foreign policy from the GOP-controlled Senate this year. And we're expecting more scrutiny in the coming weeks and months as the Senate takes up confirmations for key cabinet posts. One particular nominee who's likely to undergo rigorous questioning from Republicans is whoever Trump taps to replace former Defense Secretary Jim Mattis. The first president in American history to take office with no prior governing or military experience was blessed to have unified GOP control of government during his first two years in power. He didn't realize how lucky, but he will soon. For now, though, Trump continues getting on-the-job training about how divided government works. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, 
Former Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz continues to come under growing fire from the left over his independent presidential bid. Yesterday, Schultz tweeted out a link to an opinion column praising him and called it a, quote, thoughtful analysis. Yet when you clicked on the link, the column called Kamala Harris a, quote, shrill quasi-socialist and referred to Elizabeth Warren as Focahontas. Schultz deleted the tweet when a Washington Post reporter inquired about why he thought that was thoughtful analysis. Schultz said during a TV interview yesterday that he once refused to give a campaign contribution to Warren because he thinks her policy ideas will drive the United States towards socialism. And he couldn't answer when asked by Morning Joe co-host Mika Brzezinski how much a box of Cheerios costs. When Brzezinski told him it costs four bucks, Schultz replied, that's a lot. Many pointed out that that's about the cost of a grande-sized drink from Starbucks. Starbucks, fearing a customer boycott, has sent talking points to all of its employees, including baristas, on how to diffuse tense conversations with angry customers about their former chairman potentially throwing the 2020 election to Trump. It turns out also that Schultz has taken the time to vote in just 11 of the past 38 elections in Washington state. He even stayed home during the midterms in 2014 and 2006. And he's widely disliked in Seattle because he used to own the city's NBA team, the Supersonics, but he sold it to a group that moved the franchise to Oklahoma City. Number two, the technology company Foxconn announced it is reconsidering plans to build a factory in Wisconsin, significantly altering a jobs deal that Trump has repeatedly taken credit for. The Taiwanese technology juggernaut initially pledged in 2017 to construct a $10 billion display panel plant and create up to 13,000 jobs over the next 15 years in a state that's critical to Trump's electoral prospects. In exchange, then-Wisconsin Republican Governor Scott Walker agreed to give Foxconn at least $3 billion in taxpayer-funded credits and breaks. Trump celebrated the deal in the East Room of the White House in 2017 and flew to Wisconsin last summer to attend a groundbreaking ceremony. Foxconn initially said it expected to employ 5,200 people by the time of the 2020 election. Now the company says it will be less than 1,000. Number three, a Kentucky jury awarded Senator Rand Paul more than $580,000 yesterday in a lawsuit against his next-door neighbor, who broke six of the Republicans' ribs two years ago over a long-standing landscaping dispute. Renee Boucher of Bowling Green pleaded guilty last March to assaulting Paul in their gated community. The 60-year-old tackled the second-term senator because Paul was stacking brush near his yard. He admitted to the attack and told authorities at the time that he had, quote, had enough. He was found guilty of one count of assaulting a member of Congress and was sentenced to 30 days in prison last summer. A mutual friend said the two men had argued over lawn care in the past and hadn't spoken in years. Paul was awarded $375,000 in punitive damages and $200,000 for pain and suffering, plus $8,000 to cover his medical bills. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, January 31st. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. 